Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us. And before we begin, I would like to give a shout out to um, some special people. Danielle, Elena, Jeff, Mark, Martha, Sarah, Verena, Brenda, James, Jennifer, Harp, Keith, and Ben. Thank you for being patrons, making this podcast possible, and building a community. For our first-time listeners, along with regulars who at this moment may not be able to sign up on Patreon, we understand. You can still support this podcast via subscribing, sharing, giving five stars, and a positive review wherever you listen to podcasts on. So, without much further ado, I introduce today's guest, Kennedy James, who is a big brother to me, and he's going to tell you how we met which was uh, quite interesting. But we met um, during my time in the Navy, and he's one of the best people I've known um, throughout um, my years. And he's just an all-around awesome person. And he's, he's been a good influence, a great influence on me. And I just had to bring him on the podcast. And he's also a patron, so you need to be like him too. You see, he's an <laughs> all-around awesome human being. So um, there's more to James, but he's going to... Uh, which are we going with today? Is it James or Kennedy? Because, you know, you're like me. You have two excellent names, so I always <laughs> mix it up. Well, uh, well Kennedy is my first name, um, but I, I'll tell you the history of, uh, you know, where my name actually, you know, derived from. Um, so obviously, I, you know, I migrated here from Nigeria. My, my dad was here before, back in the early 70s. Um, you know, he got a head start. He came on a a student visa. And then he sent for me, my mom, um, probably around, I think, 73 or 74. And so when we got here, uh, obviously, you know, I had to get into school. Um, and so he, my real first name is actually Adebite, which is obviously uh, a Nigerian uh, Yoruba name. Adebite. Adebite, yes, mm-hmm. uh, A-D-E-B-I-T-E. So that's, that's my real um Nigerian name and Kennedy, uh, which is my middle name. Uh, I got uh, from my, my dad's fondness of JFK. So, you know, he named me Kennedy um, as, as my middle name. So, but once we came to the States, he decided to switch my middle name and my, and my first name. And his reasoning was because he didn't want the want children to, to tease me with a Nigerian name and, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, pronounce it and things of that sort. So ever since then, it's, 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 as far as I know, my, my first name is Kennedy. And then as I got older, you know, <laughs> he explained to me, you know, that, you know, Adebita is really my first name and Kennedy is my middle name. Yeah. Yeah. So remember that first time we met and I was like, wait, you're Yoruba and your first, your name is Kennedy? That's, that's rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, as I, of course, as I, as I, you know, began to grow up, obviously, you know, we all know who the Kennedys are. Of course. Um, but, you know, for it to be a first thing, you know, it's, it's, it's rare, um, interchangeable, you know, depending on, you know, you're male or female, but, um, you know, he, he, he had a very, you know, he loved JFK. And uh, so, you know, JFK is my namesake. Yeah, a lot of uh, JFK had a huge influence on, I think, people of your dad's generation and my my uh, my, my mother's generation too, because uh, yeah, that the name Kennedy is quite 
come on amongst uh, as a as a first name in, you know, amongst different tribes in Nigeria. It's common to see yeah. that around. So yeah. Um so you've already alluded you've already mentioned where you were born, um the country, but you haven't said the city. So what part of Nigeria were you born in? So I was born in I was born in Ibadan. And uh in nineteen seventy one uh to you know obviously my you know, well my dad, my late father now and uh my mom uh, met um I'm assuming some some years and years ago and uh I don't have a lot of memories about Ibadan. I was you know very very young at the time um one two three years old I do have some traumatic early childhood memories uh, mostly uh, just being afraid so one time I, I really felt like I, I saw a ghost. <laughs> uh -oh. I was playing in, um, in the backyard. Yeah, I, I was playing in the backyard. And I, I swear, I feel like I, I, I saw this, this figure just like floating towards me. And I didn't know what to make of it. Of course, you know, when you're two, three years old, like, you know, what, what do you really know, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I knew that I was, I was very afraid and I ran. Um, another instance, um, I remember throwing a rock at a, a baby chicken, a little chick. Again, don't know why I did it. <laughs> when you're two and three years old, you yeah. know, you do things that, <laughs> that, you know, just can't really explain. Um, I, I, I don't, I, didn't I don't feel think like you, you, you qualify as a kid in that vicinity, uh, if you didn't do something like that, because I, I, yeah, I stoned lizards, I stoned anything that moved. That I, I, I remember throwing stones at it at one point in my life. I, I don't recall if it, if it, if I like, like seriously injured it. But I, I, I want to say that I did seriously injure it. I don't recall if I killed it, but I know the feeling that I felt afterwards was, mm. you know, you know, remorse. Uh, I didn't, you know, I was sad. I was like, oh man. No. Okay. Which is important. It's one of those things where, you know, you, as a kid, they tell you, okay, hey, uh, what's one of those things they tell you? Hey, you see that that uh, electric socket right there? Yeah. Oh, well, don't touch because it's going to shock you. Mm -hmm. But as children, you know, we're very inquisitive. You know, we, we we don't have that that wisdom yet. You gain wisdom through experience. Yeah. So as a child, you go and do something that your parents or your friends or, or you know siblings tell you, hey, don't do that because of this. In your mind, you say, ah, you know, no big deal. So, you know, of course, the kid will go and touch that electric socket. Boom, he gets shocked. Yeah. And now, guess what? He has the he has the wisdom. So for me, I, I I look at that situation kind of the same way as, you know, oh, you know, what would happen if I threw this rocket at this this you know this baby chicken? I saw what happened and I didn't like it, and so I never did it again. Right. So uh, for me, I always say that, you know, uh, experience is, is one of the best ways to gain wisdom right now. You know, you, you keep repeating that that same thing that, you know, then that's a problem. Yeah, that's right. where because. Yeah, that's why I said it's important that you cut that early because I don't think I cut that early. Like when it came to hitting animals and all that, it was, it was just it was a game to us. And we, yeah. we did yeah. that a lot. But I remember I recall um, something that I never took. I took it for granted. Uh, we, I was in Benin City then, and we uh, sometimes would catch 
um, grasshoppers and uh, frogs. How they got injured is a different story. There's always someone who will get them injured. <laughs> That's the, the point. I'm not saying it was me because I right. I don't think I always had the the, <laughs> the, the guts to get the, to injure them. But there's someone in the crew who will get them injured, and then we're always wow. trying to put them together. Like, oh, it's injured. Or the wing is broken, or the, the we could tell like the leg is broken or something. But we're trying to like, oh, let's so heal it. You guys are triaging them. Yeah, right? we're trying to be doctors. Nah, did we do it right? Injuries. Okay, yeah. Like, okay. You know, you, you if that was gonna die, so just put that one over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. There's a lot of the insects died, but we there was something going on then which we're like, yeah, we, let's let's try and bandage the frogs. I know frogs. We try to bandage them, and yeah, we we didn't have a clue what we we're doing, but. I think there was something deep down going on there where somebody was, something was reaching out like, you know, it's not right to just leave this animal with a broken foot. Probably the animal would have healed on its own, but <laughs> in our little minds then, we're like, maybe we could try and make it feel better. I don't think the frog was appreciating that, but hey, we we we, we, we were trying something then. And... Um, as looking back now, it's like where did that idea come from that we could play doctors and you know did we just right. see that in movies or from shows or from the books we read and I don't I can't really recall but somehow some we just got the idea that we could fix if we saw a, a, a bird that had a broken wing or was down we'll try and say let's fix it sometimes we'll try and do it on our own. And then, okay, we'll give up and go find an adult. If it was like a bigger uh, animal, then we'll go find an adult. If it was something that was way too big, well, yeah, we're not messing with that. But yeah, we did try a few times and it was interesting that we tried. <laughs> we made an effort to try. It wasn't just all about taking a stone and hitting stuff, which seemed to be the the majority of things that we, we, we were into. But there were times where that craziness of just hitting stuff was set aside and the empathy was coming out and we started caring, showing coming more, uh, yeah, we started sh caring more about the creatures. And from there, you start caring about your friends too because when your friend falls down and is crying, instead of like, oh, come on, man, you can do it. Like, you, 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 you're you like, hey, well, okay, but we don't want your parents to know that you got injured while playing because we want you to come out and play, right? So how can we help you? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, what? It's died. <laughs> And we start secretly trying to clean the wounds, and you know, okay, so you're crying. It's all right. We'll we'll help you go through this. And where did those ideas come come out from that we could take care of each other? <laughs> so that that's what yeah, just um, popped out in my mind. <laughs> yeah, most of my um, <clears throat> like I said, most of uh, well, all the all the memories that I have of uh, Bibadon, um are again basically just uh, traumatic type of. Uh, um, instances. So, mm -hmm. um, the, the there's another image or, or memory that I have where I was playing in a room with my cousins, and you know we were jumping on the bed like you know most kids do at that age. Yeah. And the you know, my cousins had left, and I think I got tired, fell asleep, and when I woke up, I realized you know that my cousins were nowhere to be found. And so but there was one thing that I remember seeing underneath the bed. I don't know if you remember those dusters, those feather dusters that um, 
a lot of colors, red, green, um, just multiple colors on, on these dusters that you can use to you know, dust, dust things around the house, right? And there was one that was under the bed. But for me, I didn't know what it was. I seriously thought it was like, like, like a rooster or something like that. Oh, okay. So I've always had a fear of, of animals as well, too. So perhaps maybe even me throwing the rock at that, that oh. baby chick, yeah. you know, maybe kind of stem from that. But again, like I said, I didn't like the, the feeling that I got when, when I threw the rock, you know, because uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I injured it. Um, so that feather being underneath the bed <clears throat> caused me to stay on on the bed until someone came into the room. I'm not sure how long I stayed on the bed, but as soon as one of my cousins came in, finally, I jumped off the bed and sprinted out of the room. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was uh, another one of my, you know, uh, one of those memories that I have yeah. that, but it was out of fear, though, mm. right? And then, um, you know, you, I don't know if, you know, obviously I know you, I have tribal, uh, tribal marks on my face. Yeah, that, that was, on that my, was. On the, my hand. That was the, 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 the thing that made me, like that day I, I met you, that first time we no, met. Exactly. You know, that's when I saw you, because, you know, your accent is not as clear as mine. So, exactly. yeah. I, I, there's no accent anymore, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my. That's my best impersonation of my uh, my Yoruba accent. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah when, when I when I saw your your face, I, I was like, but yes, 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 is that tribal mark? <sighs> well, this this guy, I don't, I'm not sure. Let me not let me not put too much into it. And then I I walked away and I came back. And I saw you again. I was like, ah, I I just gotta talk to this guy <laughs> and ask him if he's what I'm thinking, who I'm thinking he is, and. Yeah, the one I asked asked you and so yeah, yeah. You know, so if you if anyone if you know how Americans if, if they knew how we, we get these tribal marks they'd be like wow man that might be a little bit barbaric right mm -hmm. so I mean literally they take a blade right and they and they cut yeah and so I remember um, when I, I remember getting cut of flashes little uh, memories. Oh, wow. Of getting cut and then i remember also when it was it was healing because i would you know scratch you know the you know the, the scars and stuff mm -hmm. so uh so i remember that uh, again another you know seemingly you know traumatic you know event and and then the last memory that i had was at the airport uh, I, I believe is the probably the nigerian airport and you know the sounds of at the time i didn't know what the sounds were again we're talking about a very young, you know, Kennedy James, Adebita James, right? But again, all of these things that I'm I'm experiencing are are new to me. Yes. So, you know, we take for granted the sound of an airplane landing or taking off because mm -hmm. we've heard it so many times. But when you hear it for the first time, you have no idea what it is. So again, this loud right um here i am i'm like you know clutching you know my mom like you know what is that you know it was it was loud and i and i was afraid again another traumatic event but if you were to ask me okay you know what was something that was that was good i i, I don't know i don't remember anything that i felt 
um, that I can remember right now. Yeah. You know, other than other than playing on the bed with my cousins, and I'm assuming they were my cousins. Because I don't. Well, really the, the, co- the way cousins walk is, uh, <laughs> yeah. At the time, we, I didn't have. I didn't have any siblings, so I know for sure you know they weren't my siblings. So like, you know they had to be you know, my cousins. Yeah. So other yeah, than cousins is right. So other than jumping on the bed with you know, my cousins, playing with them in that instance, um, and again, and these these figures have no faces because I, I don't know what they look like. I understand. Um, probably the, the only good memory that I have prior to coming to the States um, in 73, 74. Mm. Well, I, I look at it this way. Even in the trauma, it is, it is good that... You're sharing it because even in the traumatic experience, there's good in hearing it. Because when you mentioned the ghost story, um, mine, I have a ghost story too, but mine was a little bit older. And it's, uh, yeah, you, when you hear mine, you, 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 it's, uh, to me, it's a lot more funnier, but uh, it was traumatic <laughs> for me. <laughs> so there was, this, there was this show which, um, my my generation, people of my generation know know the show I'm talking about. Um, uh, I don't know, I, I can't even remember what it's called anymore. But the 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 antagonist of the show is called Willy Willy, which was literally a, a vampire. It was a Nigerian one, the most popular Nigerian vampire. <laughs> Willy Willy. But the way that guy came out of the, the 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 grave was the most dramatic one of the most dramatic vampires you will ever see. I think if you go on YouTube, you might be able to find the guy. <laughs> called, called Willy Willy. Yeah, that's a, in if we go by American or British pronunciation, it's like Willy Willy. But in our speak, it's okay. Willy Willy. That's how we say it, Willy Willy. <laughs> so Willy. yeah. Um. So when Willy Willy. You know, he used to come out. He, he, you know, it was a guy in white face because <laughs> they, they, they could what well, they didn't have budget for makeup. <laughs> so literally, they either oh, use no. calamine lotion or they just threw powder on the guy, full wig. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they were able to make him look like he was floating. And when you have the guy looking like he's floating in the air or hovering in the air, it's it looks frightening to a kid who's barely six, seven, eight years old. And at night time, I'd be freaking out. I started having nightmares of this guy, <laughs> which would lead to uh, one night I woke up. I was having a nightmare, so I woke up. Well, I felt like I woke up. You know those dreams where it's like you wake, you, you think you've woken up, but you're still dreaming. So I thought right. I'd woken up, and I was sleeping in my mom's bed where I normally slept. And right there in the room, it looked like there was somebody standing by the door, but covered in a white sheet. But I could see the eyes, like uh, just holes for the eyes, wow. standing right there. And man, I screamed, I, <laughs> I screamed like no tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I screamed like no tomorrow. Oh, that, that's how I got banned from watching horror movies. That, that was it. I got my, my mom was like, This, what, what is going on here? I was like, Willy Willie was in the room. Yeah, that's um, that, that, that that's the only way I could vocalize it out. I, I didn't know what else to say. I was like, ghost, willy willy. And yeah, my mom was like, that's it. That this, If I catch anybody in this house, I line this boy, watch horror movies. 
Yeah, that's how I got banned. So every, every time there was horror movies they were showing, they had, they had to scan the house <laughs> to, to find where I'm hiding. <laughs> <laughs> make, make sure you don't have any nightmares, huh? <laughs> yeah. To this day, I, I wonder if, when I woke up, like, you know, I was like, did I just, was it a, was it a, a, a play of all the movies I've been watching and I thought I saw someone, I knew there was nobody there. But yeah, it just felt like there was somebody there. But that scream I gave was too much. You know, um, this is this. I, I used to have an, a reoccurring dream uh, for many, many, many years. I haven't had one in quite some time. But even when I think I'm about to have this this particular uh, episode while I'm sleeping, I seem to know how to defend it now. So, um, and it, maybe you, and, and I'm sure you probably are going to know what I'm talking about here because I've talked to other Nigerians and. They've said that they've had this that same dream. So this dream basically is, <clears throat> uh, again, I, I I'm visualizing a a I I just call it a witch, mm. basically holding me down when I'm sleeping. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I've I've talked to you know other Nigerian guys. Or, oh, not even Nigerian guys. He's just one of my friends. He's actually a Ghanaian kid. And, you know, you know, we were, you know, talking about a bunch of different things and we got on that subject. And so I used to have this dream very often, um, especially, you know, in my adolescent years and in my, you know, my young adulthood. And and then as as I you know, got older, uh, the dreams became, you know, you know, less and less occurring. So, but those instances when it was like really bad, I just. I could see this this witch, this figure, mm -hmm. kind of literally floating towards me, and um, just kind of like frozen. Yes, and then and then I feel like <clears throat> I'm being held down, and now at this point I'm you know in my dream or you know, even who knows maybe you know I might be moving around while I'm sleeping, but I don't know because of course I can't see myself. So, but in my dream now I'm 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 screaming. You know, uh, like let me go. You know, just and and then after maybe about probably maybe just a few seconds, then I wake up. No, like, if oh, if it God. does feel like hours in the dream, it feels it like you're feels there like for eternity. It, yeah, it's like it's going for a long time, but probably you know it's probably just a few minutes. You know, uh, not even a few minutes, probably a few seconds that I'm actually experiencing that episode. So I used to have that dream all the time. So again, like I said, as I got older and, and it, it was reoccurring, um, sometimes I could stop it before the part where I felt like I was being physically held down, mm. right? So, um, but you know, I haven't had that dream in quite some time. And it doesn't scare me as much as it did um, so many previous years ago. So yeah, I, would, I, I think first time I had that type of dream was uh, that I can recall. I was probably twelve. 13-ish, and mine, it always felt like the person was sitting on my chest, okay. and there was a tightness, and I couldn't breathe, because I was trying to yell for help, because I'd heard other people in my house talking about having those type of dreams, so it was something that I knew was coming, uh -huh. but the solution was you have to yell the blood of Jesus. Yell it like a couple of times and it will stop. It will go. It will go. So now so, when it happens to me, I'm like, okay. Uh, I now, sorry? 
I wish someone would have told me that because I, <laughs> I, I, man, I've suffered for years. <laughs> ah, well, when it happened, I was like, okay, yeah, all I got to do is just yell blood of Jesus and then it's gone, right? So I, I'm trying to yell and now it feels like I can't, I can't talk. I can't speak in my dream. Yeah. Now I start freaking out like, like, uh, like someone drowning and it's like, oh, oh, no. Nah. And I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out and until it, the, the, I wake up from the dream. And yeah. I, I tell the most evangelical person in my household, and she's like, why didn't you say blood of Jesus? You don't have faith. You should have said blood of Jesus. It would have just gone. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, next time. And that's how the dream kept coming until, um, yeah, it, was, it became constant until I was around 18. I don't know how, what makes that dream, why we have that dream, or if it's just the expectation of having it. But that is like there's someone sitting on my chest, pushing me down. <laughs> And probably until I joined the Navy, then I, it got replaced with a different nightmare after during Navy when I was struggling with sleep issues, when I started having like major sleep issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I'd even forgotten about that dream, <laughs> that nightmare, but it just seemed yeah. like by the time I joined the Navy, if if it happened, I'd just like get off. There was one day, I think it, I had it, around the last time I had it, the person came on me. I was like, just get off me, man. Get out. Get out here. I didn't blow you. Get off me, man. What the hell? What the hell? I, I just pushed the person away. And that was it. And it just never happened after that. Yeah, my, my, my Ghanaian friend, I think he I think he's the only person other than yourself right now that I've ever mentioned it to. I, I'm not sure why I never told my mom. You know, usually, you know, kids, that's what you do, right? You go mm -hmm. tell your yeah. mom. Mom, you know, right? So, but I never told her. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if I was embarrassed or you know uh maybe she, you know she would think i was crazy I, I just never never mentioned it to her so who knows maybe she would have been able to you know and you know how our our nigerian families are you know with with uh <laughs> witchcraft so hey you know you know uh you know yeah i, I never went up to my mom yeah. directly about it but i went up to the most evangelical person in my household which yeah looking back now maybe that was yeah that that one everything was blood of jesus that was a First cure for everything it was. <laughs> yeah. nah, you either say it once, or you say it seven times, or seventy-seven times, <laughs> and you drink anointing oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I never got a chance. I don't, I don't recall, you know, uh, ever really. I, I think I might have told maybe one or two people, really, to be honest with you. But um, you would think the, the one person I would have said something to would have been. You know, my mom, you know, so, you know, she's, she's a protector, you know, uh, dad was always working. So, you know, how Nigerian mm -hmm. dads, are, you know, <laughs> you, know yeah, you leave yeah. them alone. You know? But I, I'm, I'm not surprised that you, you didn't tell your mom. It's, it's, I don't, we, we don't, I don't, we're not really raised with, you know, tell mom, open up to our parents type of right. thing. If you're not giving that uh, direction from day one to be open with your parents is because mm -hmm. we're giving that the, the pamphlet we're giving is you, you should be able to solve issues on your own. And that's because like, I remember one time I had um, what looked like a small saw on my leg and it was from playing soccer with the kids. And I guess, okay, this is uh, my friend was like, Oh, just, um, I have some spirits. Um, no, the alcoholic, uh, the cleaning alcohol. And it was like, yeah, let me, and he, but it wasn't even the, the right type. And he, he just cleaned it. And it was okay. So why would I ask, why would I tell my mom that I was injured? It was not mm -hmm. bad. But that stuff kept getting, was, it was getting, it was rot. The rot kept growing and it started widening. 
Oh, and wow. I was lucky that they cut it when, I don't know how long I had it on my leg, but you know, from being a small saw, it started, it changed to like, it was yellowish. Yeah. Uh, this, it started smelling. And that's one yeah, day I was yeah. walking past my mom and she was, what's that? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Come here. And oh, she looked goodness. at my leg and she's like, how long has this been on your leg? I said, oh, uh, last week. She said, that's not last week. <laughs> <laughs> that's not last week. And that's how they, they treated it. But probably I could wow. have been amputated because, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it, you just, it, it, it didn't occur to me that, oh, this was something that I should have taken straight to my mom. It was that serious an issue, but it was just like, my leg was functioning fine. I was, I could run, I could play. And, but it was really bad. And, but, you know, then they were like, uh, yeah, but after that, of course I got beat a little bit, but, uh, they cleaned it and, but the, the message wasn't still when you're in trouble, come straight to me. Like, you know, it was, like you naughty boy you know and then exactly See, go away. so we 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 get the other end of it right mm -hmm. like you're saying we don't get the hey you know son when something like that happens you know i need for you to come and tell me so that you know we can make sure you know this you know, so but what we get is you know oh you know like you said naughty boy you know bang 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 yeah. and you know <laughs> going with yourself you know so um my, yeah, I, I didn't. Well, so for me, I, I didn't. I didn't get spankings, and I know a lot of my friends, especially my American friends, who used to get their, you know, their butts whipped. I, I don't want to curse. I was going to say, you know, oh, you, you, you can. It's, it's uh... uh, okay. Well, <laughs> my, my, my early childhood friend, I used to go, you know, spend a night, you know, with his family, you know, very often, and you know, she, you know single mom, three boys living in in you know in the inner city of los angeles uh back in the early 80s right hmm. so you know she had her hands to it, yep. right and of work um so you know anytime his he was he was good but his two younger brothers <laughs> them two boys was, was bad so <laughs> they used to get beatings and she would so the mom would call the the, the brother and the sister they would come over they'd whack them i mean like whoop they ass like not whack them they would get their ass whooped um, and I, I used to look and be like, wow, is, is, is this what, you know, supposed to really happen to you when, when you do something bad? <laughs> I don't get that treatment. I said, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I do things bad too. Maybe probably not as bad as, as what they are doing, but yeah. I, you know, so my, my dad said he didn't believe in spankings. And so I can count on maybe one hand how many times I got spanked as a, as a child, right? Um, now he, you know, he punished me. Go stand, you know, go stand, you know, face to walk. Go stand there for, you know, for who knows how long. Or his thing was always taking things away from me. So of course I like, you know, to go outside. You know, who doesn't like going outside playing with their friends? Who doesn't like mm -hmm. watching TV? Um, at the time, you know, with the early in that time frame, you know, we really didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, game systems. Game systems now are a stable product in nearly every american home yes back then you know it was more of a luxury you know so you were very fortunate if you had a game system um so i, I don't really recall if i had i don't think i did right so but for him it was okay i'll just take something away and he would yell at me of course too which i didn't i didn't like that i would it's funny because i would have i would rather him just take something away from me instead of yelling at me which is yeah that, there, there, there's a way there's a power to yelling that can feel stronger than being whooped. 
<laughs> there's a there's a weird dynamic to it. There's a way someone can yell at you as a kid, you're gonna feel like you got whooped like ten times more. Well, well, that's, for how, me, that's how me I felt though. I, well, see, I, for me, I was the opposite because if you, when you yelled at me, mm-hmm. I, for me at least coming, I guess maybe it was just because of the, the messenger, maybe because it was coming from my dad. My mom, you know, okay, you know, who, who, what kid doesn't like their mom, right? You know, I mean, there's very rare instances. Typically, you know, young boys, you know, have uh, the issues with their father, right? Especially if they're um, very, you know, discipl- you know, disciplinarians, right? Yep. So, um, you know, my dad was very stern with how he, you know, tried to raise me, and you know, everything to him had to be perfect. And I'm like, nobody's perfect, right? At least that's the, that's the way I interpreted interpreted, you know, what he was trying to teach me. So, if I did something wrong. You know, he would, you know, yell at me, but the yelling didn't help. The yelling, if anything, actually made me, you know, even more mad. Like, you know, why, why are you yelling at me? That yelling does nothing, right? So I don't think he, he realized that. So I'm saying <clears throat> in order for, for the, the punishment to really work, he would have to have taken something from me. Oh, okay. You know? I get it. So if he takes something from me, then then it's, okay, I'm sorry. You know, I won't do it again because, you know, obviously, yeah. I would want it back. Um, thing that probably hurt me the most is anytime you know he would say, "Hey, you know, can't I can't play sports?" So I played, I played football, ran track, you know, uh, throughout my my early years. And so if he, you know, says, "Hey, you know, you can't, you know, you're not gonna be able to play sports, you know, because maybe my grades are bad, <clears throat> or you know, you know, being disrespectful, of course, to him, you know, because." yell at me about something I was always mad about it and um and then my younger brother uh, eventually you know uh, they had a I had a younger brother when I was um about nine years old so we're about nine ten years older than each other and mm-hmm. I always felt like you know he was the you know when he came you know then it was you know who, who's Kennedy all the all the focus all, all the, the focus you know, on the, him you know, <laughs> he, he, he literally could could do no wrong, uh, you know. Mm. Dad would be gone from work. You know, he'd be at work. Mom would be at work, and you know, of course, you know, um, at the time, old enough to watch my brother. So, you know, we, you know, we horse around, play fight, things of that sort. Just like you know, what 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 the brothers do, right? Yeah. And so, but you know, it'd get to a point where I'm like, okay, you know, I've had enough. Leave me alone. I want to, you know, either relax, watch TV, or just do something else other than freaking wrestle all day long, right? So, but he was never ready to stop. No. So he, you, know, he, you know, he would still be, you know, I'm like, hey, man, leave me alone. Hey, leave me alone. Then before you know it, right, I deck him. He starts crying. Uh, yep. I told you, leave me alone, right? So he's crying. And, you know, so uh, one day, um, you know, we were horsing around playing. And, of course, again, same thing. I get tired. I'm like, hey, all right, leave me alone. He doesn't want to stop. Bam. So I cracked him. And. My dad had just been, he was just pulling up. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Perfect timing. My father comes in the house and first thing out of his mouth is, what did you do to your brother? I'm like. You want to key my son? You know, don't be hitting your, right? So now I'm getting yelled at. I'm, I'm just like, man, are you serious? Like, you know, you have no idea what this kid does to me that I, that I yep. allow him to get away with, right? You know, I, okay, right. So 
uh, another day, uh, we were horsing around, same thing, right? It's always the same thing. We're horsing around and at, at some point I just get tired and I'm like, all right, I'm done. So he's, he's, you know, he's like, no, nah, I, mean, I still want to play. I'm like, man, just leave me alone. And, you know, and I didn't hit him that, that day, right? So he, uh, uh, he hears my uh, dad's car pulling up. Guess what this little joker did? <laughs> Started crying. He hears, dad, he hears dad's car pulling up in the driveway. He looks over at me and just starts fake crying. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> it's like, I got, I'm going to show you. Like I'm my dad show you right now. And he says, what did you do to your brother? Didn't I tell you that? Don't be messing with your brother. I'm like, and I'm just sitting there with my mouth wide open. Like, <laughs> there's wow, there's, man, not, there's nothing you can say at that moment that will save you. You're done. It's I, over. I, man, I was just like, I'm looking at him. <laughs> and, like, and you can see the horns growing out of his head like, yeah. <sighs> you know, that, that little devil, right? I said, okay. This kid is pretty smart. You know what? All right. So fast forward, maybe, you know, I don't know, another day, maybe another week. Again, same thing, you know, because that's what we like to do. We, you know, we, we play fight all day long until one of us get tired. So, again, play fighting, play fighting, and, you know, hey, all right, that's enough. I'm tired. I want to do something else. Of course, he still wants to keep me to the house. All right. So, my he hears my dad's car pulling up again right and he looks at me and before he can even get anything out of his mouth bam <clears throat> gave him like two three punches really quick right hard ones and now he's really crying because I, I let him have it real good <laughs> <laughs> tears is coming out of his, his eyes dad walks in kill on Shelly what did I tell you why are you keep you know beating your brother and I said, I said, because he deserves it, Dad. And he and I looked at him and he never did that shit again. Right? Like, listen, if I'm gonna get yelled at, I'm uh -huh. gonna get yelled at for a reason. Not because, you know, you you over here manipulating, you know, dad and, and getting me in trouble for no reason. I said, mm. so you you keep thinking that that's gonna work, I'm gonna show you that it is not going to. So every time you, you try to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to get my licks in because I know I'm going to get in trouble anyway. You, could, right? you, could, you can so adjust the situation too. Yeah. If I know I'm going to get in trouble for something I didn't do, I might as well do it anyway. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you never did that again. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, but we, 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 had, we, we, you know, other than those instances where, you know, I always I felt like, you know, dad was always protecting him and you know, he's he's a good kid i'm the bad kid type thing um, you know for the most part you know we, we, had a, we had a we had a pretty good relationship you know, so that's that's good that's good that's great to know so let's jump forward a little bit because we right. spent a lot of time on uh childhood and yeah. so you you made a big step later on in life and joined the navy which is how you and i came in contact um what made you take that step? Well, how did you come to that decision of joining the Navy? So one, once I graduated from high school, uh, 1989, um, I, I left. I left home and I moved to Las Vegas to go to attend the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. 
I spent about nine years off and on as a, as we call it, a professional student, (laughs) (laughs) working a lot of odd jobs uh, from food service to a warehouse worker, bartender, just a a bunch of different jobs, you know, throughout that nine year span. And finally, I decided, you know, hey, um, I need to go back to to, to California, to, to LA back home, right? So I moved back home temporarily. Um, I didn't didn't like it because at that time I was about 26, 27 years old. You know, who who wants to, you know, who wants to come back home, especially yeah. a, a man? I should have been on the on the path uh, of, of a career at that time already, and, and I wasn't. So at the urging of my mom and dad, I said, hey, you know, come on back and you know let's let's regroup and you know figure out something. So I did. So I came back home. I think it was uh, January time frame of uh, 1999. And so upon getting home, my, my younger brother, you know, who was uh, again 10 years younger than me, 9 years younger, was just about to graduate from high school that that summer. And so of course I asked him, oh, you know, so what's next for you? You know, we, we, what what college are you going to? What school are you going to? And he says, I'm not going to school. I said, what? Are you crazy? He said, mom and dad is not going. You know, have you told mom and dad that you're not going to school? He says, he says, yeah. You know, he said, I've already talked to them. Um, I'm, I'm joining the Navy. I've already signed up. And basically, I'm just waiting to ship out in July. I said, wow, the military. He says, yeah. I said, okay. And he says, hey, you know, uh, you know, what about you? What, what do you think about doing? I said, oh, I'm not sure. I'll probably, you know, end up going back to school, just try to figure it out. He says, he says, why don't you, you know, join the Navy? I said, military? He's like, yeah. He says, I can talk to my recruiter and, you know, he can, you know, work his magic and get you in, you know? So it's like, hmm. I said, you know, that's not a bad idea. And then, so funny thing is, just before I left Vegas, my best friend, Steve Willis, had, had talked to me, you know, about making, you know, that move, that transition back. From Las Vegas, from Las Vegas back to California, uh, to LA, um, Inglewood to be exact. So, uh, so let me back up just a little bit. So I know we said, hey, you know, where was I born? Yeah. Maybe I don't know where we migrated to. Uh, ironically, the first city we came to was New York because most most uh, Nigerians when they when they first leave, uh, they they usually come to New York. So we were in New York for maybe a couple months, and then we moved from New York to to uh, Los Angeles, California. Uh, uh, Watts, to be exact, right? So we live, you know, not too far from the USC campus because that's where my dad was attending on his on his school visa. From Los Angeles, we moved to Inglewood, and that's where I was I was raised. I spent my uh, elementary school years, junior high school years, and my high school years in the city of Inglewood, California. Okay. And we graduated from Inglewood High School. So uh, again, and also, so my brother was a uh, uh, was just finishing up at Inglewood High School, and so again, when I when I was talking to my best friend prior to leaving Vegas and making that transition back from um, Vegas to to Inglewood, he he had mentioned the army. He had been in the army some years before, and it's funny because when he said and introduced me to the military, that conversation I I totally shut that down. I'm like, what military? Hell no, I'm not going to no military. <laughs> You know, and uh, he's like, he said, hey, man, you know, I'm just you know, just giving you some options. I said, I said, yeah, I appreciate it. But military. Nope, that's that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> Lo and behold. Right. So, uh, again, fast forward back to uh, having a conversation with my brother. 
And uh, he, he said that he had already signed up and he's just waiting to ship out. So I said, man, I said, you know what? I said, I said is this a, a, a is this a a, a, a a sign? Because my best friend told me about the military and you know, here you are, you've already signed up and you're waiting to, to leave. So I said, well, you know, sort of out of spite, right? I'm like, ah, you know, that's the little brother. He can't, can't tell me how, many, you know, I'm supposed to be telling him, you know, what, yeah. you know, how, you know how life is and stuff like that and you know, making plans for the future. So out of spite, right, I went to an army recruiter. Right? <laughs> I went to an army recruiting station. Um, and it's funny, you know, army recruiter was right next to me, the recruiter. Yeah, so, they're, but, they're all in the same. My brother was good with the Navy. I said, nope, I'm going to do one better. I don't why. why I thought the Army is better than the Navy. I, who knows? You know, I, I don't think they are, but whatever, right? So, but it was really because he was going to the Navy and, and I didn't want him to have the satisfaction of saying, yeah, I got my brother into the Navy, right? Which eventually he did, right? <laughs> so uh, I talked to the Army recruiter, but you know what? The Army recruiter didn't, he made it. He made me feel like I really, really needed them, even though I did at the time. I didn't know it at the time, but he made me feel like I needed them and they didn't need me. He he was just like, yeah, you know, if you want to sign up, sign up. If you don't, you know, no big deal. So I was like, wow, that's that's such a strange way to uh, approach a, a a a potential new recruit, right? So. So after maybe about uh, a week or so of kind of going back and forth with with the army recruiter and just not really feeling you know comfortable feeling wanted yeah i said you know what all right hey little brother all right man um so you know what's what's this recruiter what's his name and he was like he said man don't worry i got you right so introduced me to david ellis um my, my neighbor recruiter i think he was a a bm2 at the time out of the los angeles meps recruiting you know district so talk to him and um he's like don't worry i got you man you know yeah you know your your, your brothers talked to talk to me a lot about about you and you know understanding your circumstances so you know i'm gonna get right to work and i was like wow total contrast from the armor recruit yeah, I mean, yeah you know I'm like hey this guy's like hey i, I got you i'll take care of you so and you know, by I think September. So it started the process around maybe early February, and then by September I finally got the. I was a little older, so I needed a waiver for my age. <clears throat> so uh, you know, took the ASVAB. You know, did well on that, and um, September timeframe came in and finally got the approval from uh, PERS that hey, you know, you are you can you can now join the Navy. So. And so when I get to the to the MEP station, the recruiting depot to figure out, okay, you know, what job am I going to do? Okay, hold on there first. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back after that. Hi, everyone. Your host, Rafael Harry here. I can't believe we have gone past our one year anniversary of doing white label american i've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people sharing their modern day immigrant stories 
and you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own. We have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission, but we need direct support from you, our listener, which is why we have created White Label American Patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content, help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions, and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation, either virtually or in studio. So if this podcast means something to you, and if you really love this show, Think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label American POD. Thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company. Let's pick up from you go to maps. Yeah, so um I, so like you said, so uh, to the credit obviously is to my, my younger brother who uh, again, like I say, you know, we we have some you know some rough times but ultimately our relationship uh, is, is very good so he's the one who talked me into getting you know joining the navy <laughs> and uh so again uh at the map station trying to figure out you know okay what job am i going to do you know, while i'm in the navy now mind you um also i wasn't a citizen either so you know of course oh. I, right so i'm not a citizen you know quite yet and even though i'm 20 actually 27 now right mm-hmm. so my, my, birthday, my birthday had just passed in november of the previous year so i'm actually 27 years old um uh you know and not a non-citizen but i had of course my my green card and the right to the, the right to work in the u.s yes. so alien alien registration so i i do at least have you know my my, my papers right yeah that's, I, what, I that's like, what i had when i joined too yeah, yeah. So i was i was documented so you know i don't want anybody like, oh my god you know you're immigrant and you're doing this. <laughs> no. you know we went through the process you know my dad came here on a, on a u.s student visa and got you know got our documents and so so joining navy based off of that non-citizen that's the, again another one of the reasons why i need the waiver right non-citizen and, um, and then my age was not not a huge factor but it but you know, it was still you know part of you know the, my package. I, okay, this guy's 27 years old. You know, can we, you know, how's he gonna fare out? You know, joining the Navy and, and potentially having um, some junior sailors, you know, telling them what to do. You know, 18, 19 years old, telling us. Now that you know, that part sailors. I wasn't aware of about how many sailors I'll be older than when I signed up. I just thought it was you know because I I was 26 when I signed up. Right. So. Um, so, so I found out my my uh, shipment shipping date shipping out date, which was uh, December um, December seventh, which is synonymous with Pearl Harbor. Mm. Right. 
I was like, wow, okay, you know, this is uh, just one of those things that I just, you know, I didn't, you know, how do you connect it? Wow, well, it's the Navy and you know, it's, it's the day that Pearl Harbor was attacked, you know, in the, uh, in the early 40s or mid 40s. And um, so yeah, I thought, okay, you know, again, it's one of those things where I can just kind of look back and say, all right, hey, this is something that's, I don't know. So, um, so I couldn't wait though. So, at, uh, so in the process at that time, I was I was working as a, an assistant manager for a Little Caesars until, you know, the day that I had to ship out. Um, you know, and then arrived in in Great Lakes, December seventh, eight, sometime, you know, somewhere around that that day. And, oh, so you were in basic for uh, during winter? Yes, horrible. And, <laughs> I got really lucky. I was there during um, summer. <laughs> so. So based off of my the job that I selected and yeah. and out real quick so so I'm talking to what they call the classifier the classifiers are the ones who um, determine or help you find out what type of job you're going to do or what type of skill that you're going to have while you're in the, while you're in the navy yes. and I'm assuming that's the same across the board with all the other branches you know army navy yeah, but me, I don't know uh, if they use know, the same Army, name uh, as classifier, but they, they might have a different title. Right. So, yeah. but you will, you know, uh, you will talk to someone who's going to help you figure out, okay, what are you going to do and while you are active duty. So there was obviously there were some some jobs that I was not eligible for uh, because I was a non-citizen. So some of those True. jobs like the um, IT information technology type of uh, yes. thing. Of course, anything that required a top secret clearance mm -hmm. uh, or uh, a clearance that was above a secret, I couldn't do any of those jobs. Um, the LS rating, which you, right? Wait, were, LS I, rating, you weren't allowed to, then? I, oh, you know what? Not the LS, the so postal clerk. So, yeah. In order to be a postal clerk, okay, PC yes, at yes. the time, which is now, right? So now they're the uh, PCs and LSs are now merged. The PCs and SKs. SKs, are merged yeah, that's what became LS. Yeah. So, but if you wanted to be a postal clerk, you couldn't because you had to have a a you you had to be a U.S. citizen in order to be a, a, a PC. Again, that wasn't really what I wanted to do anyway, so I wasn't mm -hmm. worried about that. One of the other recruits um, had told me about a, a sign-on bonus that he had gotten. You know, for five thousand dollars. So I'm like, oh, money. Okay. So you know, I said, well, what is, you know, what, what, what job did you take? He says, IT. I said, oh, okay, well, shit. I'm gonna ask about this IT thing, right? <laughs> so I asked the classifier about the IT. He's like, he's yeah, no, nah, man. I'm sorry, but you know, there's there's some rates that you're not eligible for, and and that's one of them because you know you're not a citizen. And I said, okay. I said, uh, so then I'm I'm looking at him. I'm like, I said, well, you know what? What what do you do? You know, what's your rate? He says, oh, me. He says, I'm a I'm a PN, a personnel man. And I said, hmm. I said, uh, I said, well, do they do they have to go on ships? Because I see, you know, you're, you're working here, uh, you know, of course, on on shore. He says, oh yeah, well, PNs don't, you know, we don't really, you know, go on ships that that often. I said, I said, oh, I said, well, if that's the case, can I be a PN like yourself? He says, yeah, sure. I said, great. So that's how I became a, a first gentleman. Right? Not needless to uh, to say, you know, he he wasn't. Uh, entirely accurate about uh, PNs being, you know, primarily shore duty, right? You, yeah. you still had rotation. I was like, this motherfucker, man, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's how I got my job. Um, it, literally, my classifier, which is a, a known rate 
uh, or, or a known a uh, uh, not rate but a known um, uh, duty station for PNs because you know they they deal with a lot with administration and things of that sort. So I said, but for me, I'm like, okay, I don't want to get I don't want to get my hands dirty. Uh, you know, I want to sit and work in an office setting like yourself. Um, when I have my, you know, my uniform looking nice, you know, I want to, I want to, yeah, you guys, you, know, you guys do have nice, yeah. you guys looking nice in your uniforms. I ain't gonna lie. Let me get some of what you got right there. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, so that's how I became a personnel man. And then, uh, then I said, okay, well, you know, when am I leaving? Uh, Cause now this is around September timeframe. He says, well, you know, you know, since you picked this rate, now we have to set you up with the, a coordinated time when you one you can go to boot camp and then as soon as you're done with boot camp you're going to go straight to your your a school that a school is is the uh, the school that you go to for me uh the person i meant the personal the personal men a school which is where i would go to learn the, you know the basics of what my job is yeah but the so what, that, what was yours in meridian yes so he says so based off of the schedule He yeah. says that earliest you can ship out to to uh, boot camp was December. Now, mind you, like I said, this was September. I was I wanted to I was ready to go. Like I was like, hey, all right, you know, I, I'm, I'm you know yeah. myself and, and my dad, you know, hey, I'm I'm 27, you know, 26, <laughs> and then 27, and you know we, you know, my dad is on that, you know, young man is supposed to be da 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 da. da. I'm like, hey, well, it didn't work out for me, so you know, here I am. So I couldn't wait to get out of the house as quickly as, as possible. possible. Yeah, and that's also what happened when I was graduating from high school. Was I needed I need to get out of the house as quickly as possible. So I, and I graduated at 17, and you know I left and I didn't turn back. Well, at least I thought I wasn't going to turn back. Um, so back at home, and I'm like, hey, I, I need to find something so I can get the hell out of here because mm -hmm. this is not going to me and my dad you know we we're just always like this right always button heads so um so you know i, I was happy uh, my brother had was already gone already because he left in july and what was your brother's uh rate um, for so my brother civilian joined, he, he joined as a operations specialist oh, so with, okay, with also, he, he was born here so there you go right? so yeah. my brother was born here in the u.s so he was a you know by by birth a u.s citizen and Um, again, like I was saying earlier, uh, certain rates, certain jobs in the military, you have to be a citizen in order for you to, to become one. Yes. So, uh, so based off of his ASVAB score and his, uh, you know, U.S. Uh, by birth U.S. citizenship, he was allowed to to pick that rate. So he went in as an operations specialist in OS. Yeah. Um, fun fact, you know, uh, I was the guy who you know i come kind of, i needed to get out of the house you know, I, i wasn't really given much options then you know it was just go get a job after two weeks you, my welcome to america was over like all right so what you want to do <laughs> i was like what what you want to do <laughs> uh, you want to go to school go get a loan i was like what do you mean i should get a loan <laughs> what, what you mean i hate borrowing money <laughs> look <laughs> So I'll go yeah, walk, walk at Walmart or McDonald's. Or, so yeah. So um, when yeah. a cousin called me about Navy, uh, I was like, because I was thinking of Army too. Because the only reason why I was thinking of Army was like in my mind, 
uh, army does not deal with water, so I'm not going to be swimming. I, I didn't know how to swim, so I was like, yeah, if I join the army, I don't have to worry about swimming. <laughs> That's right. I was thinking about yeah, army. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Listen, let me, so, so let me tell you something about swimming, right? So, okay, let's let's fast forward to, yeah. so now, you know, December 7th comes, I'm, you know, getting shipped out, uh, you know, arriving in Great Lakes in the middle of the, well, the, the winter had just started, but it, it, it was, to me, it was middle of the winter because it was, it was just white everywhere. Snow, mm-hmm. snow, 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 snow. Yeah, good. And that, 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 they manufacture winter there. <laughs> oh, my God. So, and so for me, that was, um, it, it, as far as I can remember, even though, I, like I said, you know, we came to New York, I have no no recollection of New York at all. None, no no memory agents of New York. Um, so you know, whether it was cold, hot, or whatever, I, I don't know, you know, windy. Um, so, but, so my very first experience of living in a, in a climate like that was you know at the age of 27 in in great lakes um you know illinois and it was cold um, you know i got sick i want to say i ended up with bronchitis or who knows maybe some other stuff too but um so part of our our boot camp experience obviously you know we you know, we're getting taught how to how to be a navy guy and learn all these terminologies you know rank and attention to details you, you know you yeah. know the story hey you know you gotta you gotta fold your your, your sheet this way and, uh, uh, wear your uniform this way polish your boots this way and, and make your rack this way and you know, everything is all about attention to detail attention to detail right and so the and then you know our the, the physical part of it is you know we have to test out on our push-ups sit-ups and the mile and a half run yeah the, the physical fitness yeah the physical fitness aspect of it um and then oh yeah by the way guess what you know, can you swim, right? So here's the interesting <laughs> story about the swimming thing, right? So technically, I didn't know how to swim, but I, I wasn't afraid of the water, though, right? So, uh, and I'm sure you can remember this too. You know, we had to jump off of the, the, the I think it was a 10 meter platform. Yeah, 10, 10 and, or 12. And yeah, jump into yeah. the water. So anyway, so, but, you know, pretty high up, right? So, and you had to jump into the water. And we had to tread water for three minutes. Oh, right. yours so was the treading water. Part, yeah. So the treading water part was that's that was going to be the tricky part. For me. Yeah. So so there was this one particular drill instructor or RDC that was a part of seven nine, uh, a Jamaican woman, um, and yeah, she, I also had a Jamaican woman too. <laughs> yeah, she used to try to terrorize me, man, uh, and <laughs> and so. She, for some reason, I, I don't know how she knew that I couldn't swim, you know, maybe in, in some kind of discussion or whatever. So, but she made it a, a point of emphasis to, to be at the, the, the swimming test, right? The swimming qualification um, uh, uh, test that we had. And so she, she, I see her, she, she's walking up and she looks at me. She's like, hmm, yeah, we're going to see what you can do today, you know, uh, recruit Jane. <laughs> I'm like, man, lady, why are you, why are you messing with me, right? You know, I didn't, of course, I didn't say anything, but in my head, I'm like, yeah. you don't just leave me alone with your, you know, so I'm like, ah, well, whatever, man, we'll see what happens. I'm not afraid of the water. and I know that I can, I can try to save myself if, if maybe, you know, but if I, if I can't, well, whatever. So now, mind you, there was many people who didn't know how to swim uh-huh. and, 
they some of them refuse to jump off the platform, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, they had to go to you know like a, a remedial session. Yeah. And I'd and so that. I didn't want to end up in the remedial, right? I didn't want to be in the remedial because that took that was extra time. Even though that probably wouldn't have been a bad thing because uh you know you they gave you extra time to to teach you how to swim, right? Yes. I'm like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to do that, right? So I said, you know, fuck this shit. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a leap of faith, which I did. Boom! Jump off the platform, hit the water, and now I'm, I'm, you know, attempting to tread water, right? But I know I'm not doing it right, and they tell you if 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 you're not doing it correctly, you're gonna burn more energy, yes. you're gonna get tired quickly, mm-hmm. and that's when you know trouble comes. So I said, well, you know, I, I was in very good shape though. So I said, well, three minutes, okay, that's that's probably not too bad. You know, I don't think I'd ever done it for three minutes before, but I said, all right, we'll, we just, we'll figure it out once I get in the water. <laughs> <laughs> so, boom, jump off the platform, hit the water, and, you know, surface immediately because that's what the instructions are. So now, mind you, there are uh, there are uh, safety uh, swimmers that are in the pool and on the, on the outskirts of the pool watching because, of course, that's the last thing that, you know, you want something to happen is for someone to, you know, drown you know, uh, yeah, go under yeah. swim team, right? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so it's a group of us in the water and we're, you know, we're, the clock started and we're, we have to tread water for three minutes. So I'm, I'm doing my best, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, and I can see, you know, one of the, the, the safety guys like watching me, like, I'm like, oh man, I think he knows that I'm, I'm going to be struggling a little bit. Right? <laughs> and then and of course, out of the corner of my eye, you know, I see, you know, the, 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 uh, the Jamaican, you know, female, uh, uh, you know, division commander. You know, watching like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm watching you recruit, James. I'm like, oh, man. I can't give her the satisfaction of, you know, not not passing this test. So I'm just doing the best I can. And then I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm now I'm getting exhausted. I'm like, man, I don't know if I can hang on. And just before the time for them to, to call us out of the pool, I was just about to give up because of course I can't see where the clock said. There's yeah. no, it's not like there's a running clock. They're not telling us, you know, oh, you, you know, at least I don't remember that. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, is it time yet? And how much longer in my mind? I'm like, okay, so I don't know about how much longer I can keep up with this, you know, trying to, you know, stay afloat. So just before I was just about to say, you know what, man, fuck this shit. Boom. They blew the whistle and, I, I'm like, oh man, I need to get out of this pool right now. So I'm trying to swim over to the edge, but the 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 other sailors who you know were they were chilling in the water, having a good time, you know, man, they they started swimming, they they bumped me. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and and mind you, I can't swim, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like I can just you know get into yeah, that motion. You can glide, you're supposed to glide, like, glide through. Just glide your way yeah. out. I just I just say, like, all right, hey. Just, just make it to the edge, right? <laughs> However, I got, I'm gonna make it to the edge. Let's make it to the edge, and 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 that meant, you know, you know, I knew how to kind of sort of side stroke a little bit, you know. Uh, I was, you know, bobbing up and down through the water, and I'm watching the, the, you know, to say, hey, don't, don't come in here for me. I'm good. I'm, I, I'm gonna make this. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, not being able to swim, not being able to tread water. And, you know, I still was able to, you know, accomplish that. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, looking at, at that RDC, like, yeah, you know, don't you ever doubt me. <laughs> <laughs> so, ah. yeah. 
And of course, you know, and then of course all my friends, you know, who knew I was going to the Navy, like, hey, wait, wait a minute, didn't, didn't you say you can't swim? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about that. I'll figure that out when I get there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the first things I said to my recruiter. Um, I was like, hey, man, I can't swim. It's like, ah, man, we'll teach you. I was like, really? They teach me? Like, yeah, they teach you how to swim. That's like, oh, shit. Why, why ain't nobody tell me that? I ain't got no problem. I ain't got no worries. Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah, so, as soon as that day came up and they said uh, the swim test, and they were like, if um, I, who, who, um, who can swim here? Who's, who's the guy who, okay, I, I think I can swim, but I don't know if I can swim. Stand here. But if you right. know, you're pretty sure you can't swim. Go stand like me. I, I'm. I, I know. I, I've done some swimming in the past, but that's more than ten years ago. I don't know where I'm at and swimming. I'm not even gonna try it. I just went and stood at the after. I, I don't know how to swim section, and I did the class. Yeah. And they were like, I "Oh, mean, you're good. You're good to go." The uh -huh. first time I jumped, I was because uh, when when you jump, you're supposed to swim the length of the pool, and like go like a, okay. a semicircle, and then make it to uh -huh. the end. So I did the, like the whole length of the pool and I was coming back. So now I'm, I'm swimming on my back. And it's like, I'm, I'm, before I jumped, one of the, 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 one of the white boys in, in, my, in my division was like, hey man, who was cool with me? He was like, hey man, when you jump, don't even think about anything. Make sure your mind is blank or just have one of your favorite songs playing. You, you're not even going to figure out, you, the time's not even going to matter to you. You're just going to be going and time will just pass. And before you know it, you're done. So I did sure. that and I jumped came out of the water and it was just like, whoa, I'm just going, I'm going. And then next thing I'm like, wait, I think I'm feeling the wall. Damn, I don't want to bump my head in the wall. Why would I bump right. my head in the wall? The guy, the, the instructor <laughs> is swimming right next to me. So if my head was going to uh -huh. bump the wall, he would put his hand there to stop me. That's, I should have, but for some reason, I started thinking about my head's going to bump the wall. My head's going to bump the wall. So I should uh -huh. turn. So I was pretty much like less than two feet from the wall. And I flipped over to my stomach. And as soon as I did that, I was like, oh, shit. I, I, I don't think I'm strong on swimming on my stomach. So I start struggling. <laughs> and I was li literally at the end. And they were like, man, get this guy out. They put a sticker. <laughs> so the instructor guy was like, man, you know what? You did. You, you were really good. You were really good, man. You passed. But not knowing that one chief was sitting up there, I was like, man, hell no. He did fantastic on he got to the Why did he stop? Get it. Go back. Go back to the beginning. Oh. I was what? like, shit. God damn it. I didn't think everybody was going to be watching me. Why everybody was watching me? <laughs> everybody, I guess I was like gliding through. So everybody would just watch. Everybody stopped and started watching me. So, man, I was so mad with myself that day. But I, I got motivated the next time I, I went up there. Because next time I went up, uh, there was this white boy. Because you know, the pool used to be full of black kids who couldn't swim. Yeah. And then there was this rare Mexican yeah. kid who I was like, what the hell are you doing here, man? How <laughs> 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 you end up here? And then this white boy went up there, got to the to to the um diving board, and just before he was supposed to step on the diving board, my, my guy just folded and dropped. Ah, no. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not yeah. jumping. No, you can't make me. No. <laughs> so yeah. as, soon, as soon as he did that, it just seemed to be like, man, if a white guy can. Look at this white boy folding down here. You know what? All the black guys just got motivation. Like, we're going to jump. <laughs> All the black guys started jumping and passed their pass. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, there was, there, was a, there was a lot of people you know, uh, who, who didn't, didn't want to jump. They were standing on, on the, 
on the platform and, and just crying. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, I mean, but for to see a white guy crying that day, it just seemed to motivate all the black guys. Like, we're going to pass. Today was the day. Absolutely. I passed my swim that day. But the thing that killed me was the dead man's float. That was where the mind, I couldn't just get my, men, okay. my mind to, because you're supposed to do it for five minutes. And I keep myself in the water. And I was using that same trick of keeping my mind blank. And you're supposed to keep yourself. So if mm -hmm. you, um, the same, it's the same thing of when you, you, you're supposed to stay floating on the water for five minutes, simulating right. um, if your ship sinks and you're out on the sea, you know, yeah, how to stay afloat. So yeah. now I'm doing it and you're supposed to do it for five minutes, but I do it for four minutes. But I, I don't know it's four minutes, but I'm in my head, I'm, I'm like playing one song. And then if the song finishes, I try to play another song. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so I need to breathe. So the first thing I did is like, okay, all you got to do is just move your head out like this and, you know, just move your head out of the water and bring it back. Mm -hmm. So when you bring your head out, you just <gasps> gulp air and then take your okay. head back in. But all most right. people move their body instead of their head. Just your neck, over your neck, you just move. And I, I was doing it. And then when right, I get to that right. four minute mark for some reason, I'm like, okay, I'm done. It should be, I should, I've done two songs, right? I'm done. But I speed up the songs in my head. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, done. Of course, yeah. And they'll be mad at me like, why? Uh -huh. Why can't you? You can do five minutes. So I, I did like, I think I did four minutes, 40 seconds one day or something. And they were like, <laughs> so they, they had to asmo me. I got asmo because of oh, the swim. Geez. So I got to ship See? 17. And oh, when I got there with a bunch of people from my division, like there were people crying in my division when I got asked, <laughs> they were like, you shouldn't be going. No, give me one more chance. So I was like, ah, I'll be back. So I got, I got to ship 17. And when I got there and I saw the number of people, I was like, how, how long have you been here? Oh, I've been here for six months. I've been here for seven. I was like, what? Oh, hell no. I, no, 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 no. The next morning I passed. <laughs> The wow. next morning, I went to the pool. I passed the float. I did it for five minutes. I'm like, <laughs> that, yeah. that was I'm, it. Yeah, that's a whole, it's a whole different Navy where you go to yeah. ship 17. It's a whole different Navy when you get there. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, obviously, that was, that was another, you know, so there was two more reasons why I, I was like, hey, I I have to pass this the swim qualification. Mm -hmm. One, like you just said, right, ASMO, which is you know being removed from your your division and, and get put into another division. Uh, basically, you know, hey, you know, you're you're not keeping up with your division, so you have to go into this division, right? And I'm like, okay, I don't want to be in that in the ASMO division. The other reason was I was also the AROC, which was a you know the second oh, you know, in command yeah. of the division, right? So how does that look? Where you know your AROC, right, is Getting asthma, mm -hmm. or you know, can't you know can't can't pass a, a in it one of his qualifications, um, you know which the, all the other physical stuff that was easy for me. Yeah, on the swimming thing, you know that was that that one was was really the only that was the only challenging thing that I that I I felt uh, you know like okay if I can get through the swimming thing everything else should just kind of fall into place right mm -hmm. um, and you know and then I was like okay the a rock and then our our pock which was a female she was always sick so it was often that i was driving the ship when i say drive you know what we mean when we say driving the yeah. ship which is when we're, when we're marching formation right yes i was the one who was calling the commands to for direction and calling cadence cadence so i was always doing double duty 
Um, and I and I and, and I know there's you know uh, I really enjoy doing that, um, especially calling calling Caden because um, you remember earlier I said that um, I think I I had bronchitis, so I couldn't really. Yeah, there was a few times where the RDC had to call Cadence because I just couldn't, I yeah. couldn't talk. And then uh, one day he even told me he was like, "Shut the hell up." <laughs> <And I> said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 this is sticking serious, man. Uh, hey, hey, hey! Uh, when it comes to calling rock. Cadence, yeah. hey, hey, secure that shit, secure that shit, hey, <laughs> And then you know he'd take over. I'm like, damn, right. So you know, then you know, then one day all of a sudden it just seemed like my voice just boom it just it turned on and from that day man i was uh you know, so i was always proud of you know just being able to uh literally drive the ship and call cadence because you know, that's actually a two-man job right yep. you know the r pocket is supposed to you know, drive the ship so i was always driving the ship because she was always sick so um so again you know uh, you know being in that that early leadership position you know you tell yourself i i can't fail you know i have to i have to pass i have to figure it out you know so just that treading water was going to be, you know, the, the biggest issue for me because, you know, we did do the the swim thing where they say, okay, hey, you know, swim, you know, you know, this distance or whatever, yeah. you know, I, I, we did do those as well too. Um, but the treading the water, treading water um, was, was going to be the most challenging thing for me because you know, even when I'm playing around in the pool, you know, with my friends, you know, when we were younger, you know, we, I didn't tread water. I would just, I jump in, even though it was deep. You know, I couldn't really swim still, but I knew how to maneuver. And I always knew that if I ever got in trouble, it's a pool. The pool is not that big. I mm -hmm. can get from wherever I'm at in the pool to to the wall if I, you know, was struggling. So I, I was never afraid of being in the water, right? Mm -hmm. It was just that, but I knew that I, I did have some limitations, right? One, I knew I wasn't a very good swimmer. Too, you know, I, I knew I couldn't tread water, you know, very well. Um, you know, these the basic stuff. So, but I survived, and, and um, I, you know, so those were well, some of the reasons why I needed <laughs> to make sure that I passed that that swimming qualification because, you know, these, you know, at that point, you know, a lot of the the, the recruits, you know, were looking up at me too, you know, but, mm -hmm. and, and then you know, and I wasn't even the, I wasn't the oldest person. I thought you know I would be like you know the oldest or one of the oldest you know, I was one of the oldest but there was uh, I think like three or four people who were actually older than me oh same, so, same, same with my division too I, I thought I was going to be the oldest but they were, yeah. they were actually like three or four the, the oldest was, like, was the oldest was almost 40 oh wow I, yeah. I thought the cutoff at the time was 34 uh, oh so um, yeah so because you came in after I did so mm -hmm. um so back when I was in, I think the I think the oldest, um, the, the cutoff was around thirty four. I think it still was, and but so I had, think if I'm not mistaken, she was. was it? Uh, I think it's still thirty four, but um, if you're coming in as a reservist, you got a waiver. Yeah, you got, there, there's waivers. Ah, okay. So yeah, there was I because uh, I think right. she she was thirty nine and I was like. I, I I didn't I didn't want to get into the mentals of how she's just going through book camp. Yeah, because <laughs> no. that's like being a grandmother. <laughs> book camp. Yeah, for real. yeah. yeah. So, like so yeah, there was about there was about three or four people that were you know older than me. They were already in their thirties. I know I know for I know at least two females, including the art, 
No, the RPOC was about my age. No, is she older than me? No, uh, I think we were about the same age, but um, there was at least, I know for sure, there was one female and one guy uh, who were either 30, 33 and 34. Um, and then maybe there might've been one other person who was older than me. I wanna say the RPOC was older than me, if, if, if at all by a year, if not, maybe we're about the same age, but, but I know for sure there was at least, you know, three, three or four people who were older than me in boot camp. So, um, yeah. but like I said, you know, everyone else is much younger and, you know, and, you know, they already, obviously, you know, because of the, my, the, the position that I held, you know, it obviously gave me, you know, some, uh, some respect, at least from the other recruits that, Hey, okay, this guy, you know, uh, is, is, you know, he's, he's doing it. So I was, I was happy with that. All right. So, uh, before we, we ain't gonna, we don't really have too much time left, but before we start to wrap it up, let's touch on Meridian. You know, cause Meridian, I never liked Meridian. I ain't gonna lie. I did not like Meridian cause that's yeah. the place I went to school. What, what was Meridian like for you? Yes, uh, same here. You know, um, so uh, again, I couldn't wait to get out of Great Lakes because the entire time I was there, it was freezing cold. Uh, the RDCs used to march all the way out to uh, right up against the, the lakes. And the, the wind chill that was coming off of Ooh. that lake, it was, it was, oh man, it was terrible, man. Like literally it was cutting through, you know, all the, all the layers of, of, of uniform that we had. Yeah, still at times, you know, wasn't enough to, to defend against that that kind of cold. Like I, I don't understand how anybody can even be homeless and, and live in areas like that. So, hey, that's so anyway, a, um, yeah, that's another level of adaptability. <laughs> yeah. So graduate from boot camp, and uh, my next my next stop was uh, uh, Meridian, Mississippi, where I was going to attend my my A school um, as a personnel man, and uh, that was a uh, you know, a whole different environment. Um, the and, and real quick, so the, the 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 flight there. You know, of course we we go to the I think O'Hare Airport in Great Lakes to fly out of there. Yes. A big uh, United Air uh, you know, oh, plane yeah, uh, in Chicago. Seven forty-seven. Chicago here, right? So we fly out of Chicago Air, uh, United uh, flight. You know, big plane, lots of seats, lots of rows, stuff like that. You know, decked out in our in our our uniform, you know, yep. feeling proud, like, hey, we accomplished <laughs> one step is out of the way. You know, we are now uh, officially sailors, right? Because before that, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, you're classified as a recruit uh, until you actually finish boot camp. And then now you are a United States sailor and all that stuff. So, um, so, and then, so we get to, I don't know what, I think we flew into Mississippi, but then from Mississippi, we had to fly from, you know, wherever the Mississippi airport was into, into Meridian. Meridian is a very small town in Mississippi. And so we, we got on this plane, we went from a big, you know, uh, I don't know, 500 plus passenger airline to this, uh, maybe 10, 10 seater. Yeah, it was very, and, yeah, small, much smaller plane. Very small. It flies so, into Meridian. So, yeah, so I get on the plane. Tiny and airports too. Very, very tiny. And the pilot says, "Okay." So on one side of the plane there was single rows, and then the other side of the plane was double rows. And uh, and the the pilot said, "Hey, we need to make sure there's enough people on 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 one side of the plane 
and in the other way because it has to balance out. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh my god! I'm I come all the way to Mississippi just to die on this little ass thing. Make sure you have enough people on both sides because the plane has to be balanced. I'm like, oh Jesus, right? So anyway, boom, take off, land in uh, Meridian, Mississippi, and it's literally in, in the in the middle of, of nowhere. And I'm like, wow, okay. So, you know, I've heard stories about Mississippi, so mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, there was that element, right? So um, get to the to the base, and um, you know, it, it's cool. You know, of course, you know, and, I, and as you know, um, as a uh, a new um, a school, you know, uh, attendee, you know, there's certain restrictions that we had early on in the first couple of weeks, you know, certain things that we couldn't do. So we had to basically gain our privilege, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, we were in civilian clothes and things of that sort. Right. So, um, but then outside of that, there was really nothing else to do other than, you know, go to your class, you know, every day, um, you know, we had PT, you know, sessions, uh, a, a formal PT, you know, with the, with the, uh, you know, the base, uh, uh staff people, um, uh, you know, like I say, you attended your class. Um, they had a little, little base bar that I would go to, you know, yeah, the club. Like, you know, it was cool. Um, and then there was a mall that, uh, everybody would go to, you know, like on weekends, you know, so if you had a, if, if someone had a car or, uh, oh no, we would take taxis and stuff like that. Yeah. We all jump in a taxi, you know, taxis came go from days, uh, the base all the way to Jackson. I think we, we was it in Meridian or wasn't it? Oh, no, it was still in Meridian. Yeah, it was in Meridian. And, you know, we went to the mall, right? And the mall wasn't that big. It wasn't really nothing spectacular, but it was just something else to do other than sitting on base and, you know, either, you know, playing basketball, gym, working out, uh, or the, drinking. The Walmart is larger than the mall. Oh, wow. See, look at that. <laughs> so, so there was an opportunity for me to go to... Uh, to uh, uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras, right? Because it was during, while I was in in, um, in A school, mm-hmm. it was right around the time when Mardi Gras was going on in New Orleans. And some some of the, uh, you know, the some of, some of the students or some of the guys who, you know, girls who were there uh, in various rates, like, you know, the, uh, the SK rating, yeah. AK, you know, like there was a lot of different rates there other than mine, including the Yeoman, yes, the PNs, Yeoman. right? Uh, RPs, AKs and stuff like that. RPs are like that. So, um, so there's a lot of different rates that was there, and you know, and you know, you you get together with your 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 clique or your group of people that you know you you either are students with or you just happen to know because they you know you guys share the same mod, you know, the same burden or whatever, right? So, um, but I didn't go because I was just like, ah, you know, uh, you know, I'm not too you know too sure about this, so I I just didn't go. I wish I would have went. I think I, I would have had a good time, and that would have been my my first experience in uh, um, in Louisiana, you know, for the you know the uh, for Mardi Gras, right? Um, so then, um, but the only only thing only place that we went or that I went with uh, it was actually a really big. It was, I think it was an organized group. Uh, we went to Jackson, Mississippi. There was an ice skating rink that they had oh. in Jackson, Mississippi. So um, it, it was, again, it was, this was organized. It wasn't like it was just a handful of us that decided to go. So yeah. uh, I went with an organized group and, you know, so went to Jackson, Mississippi, you know, you know, threw on my ice skates, you know, um, I used to rollerblade back in the day. So 
I was like, okay, it can't be you know, that much of a difference, you know, other than the surface is is ice and you know, but the 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 structure of the of the boot was still similar to rollerblades. So I was like, okay, I, I shouldn't have a problem. Of course, I fell, you know, a few times, but it didn't take me long to kind of get a, a hang of, okay, you know, hey, all right, you know, got my balance, now I'm moving. So I enjoyed myself. So I had a good time ultimately. And then, you know, then we came back. Um, and then of course, um, uh, you know, there was always tornado warnings, tornado or hurricane warnings. One of the other, uh, I think. That's, that's tornado. I think it's part of tornado. Alley. Yeah, I think we, oh, we always had tornado too. warnings. Yeah, it's to hurricanes. Well, yeah, yeah, it's not, I think hurricanes as well it's, too, it's not too far but, from uh, golf ports too. But so. mostly it was not. Absolutely, absolutely. So, but for, you know, like, you know, several weeks, you know, we would have, or, or you know, every so often they would be like, okay, you know, we got tornado warnings. It never came, of course, which is good. Um, and then, and then, so then, uh, so the, one of the unique things about my A school was I was in the very first self-paced course, uh, instructor course, oh. uh, reading, yeah. right? So my, my class was one of the very first ones, if not the first one, to do self-paced. So self-paced basically was, instead of there, an instructor who was teaching us, mm-hmm. you know, and taking us through the course, there was only a proctor. Yeah. And the proctor, his job, his or her job was basically just say, okay, here, here, here is what you have to do. And if you have any questions, ask me pretty okay. much, right? Mm-hmm. So you get in class and you pretty much just, you know, you're going as fast as you can because as soon as you're done with your course, you can leave, right? So instead of being at your A school for whatever the prescribed amount of time was allocated to you like the previous you know um, uh, classes this class you know because it was now self-paced um you determine how how fast you know you're there or how long you're there so if you were able to basically you know get done with all your your you know your your curriculum in a week and a half or two weeks then you get to leave yeah so um so as the the weeks were going by the you know you can i can see you know students you know finishing up and leaving finishing up and leaving finishing up and leaving so that so was then, my motivation with meridian because uh i did not like it right so yeah. you know so people were getting they were coming some people were in there and then, boom they're gone gone mm-hmm. right like so, um so then uh and, and then for me you know i'm like well you know how, how that's not for me i didn't i didn't think it was a good idea because you that's where you learn the the, you know, the basics of your job so yes. you know of course so if you don't know the basics of your job and then now you're going to eventually go to your first duty station they're going to expect you to have uh, some base knowledge of what it is your job is right so um so you know i i took my i didn't go as fast I, you know i i took my time but i still got out of there early so so then um it was time for us to decide, you know, okay, what platform or what duty station are we going to be going to? So it was 14 of us in our class. And so the, the, the proctor, you know, say, okay, hey, you know, I've got 14 orders, basically, 14 duty stations, and I'm going to post them. So, uh, so but before that, he said that there were um, seven of the, the duty stations were East Coast and seven were West Coast. Automatically, I'm like, I'm not going East Coast. So. Um, 
you know, those seven on the East you Coast. You want to come to the East Coast, even though you've been no. on the West Coast all this time? All, all my family's in the West Coast. Why would I want to go to the East Coast? But I thought you wanted to be out of the house. So, I was out of the house, but, I, you know, I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going back to my house. <laughs> I mean, we're back to, you know, the house. So, <sighs> plus, uh, you know, I didn't mention, you know, I, I had, you know, two, you know, two kids already by then, right? So, actually, oh. no, I had, I had one, one child. And and I found out that uh, my uh, at the time my significant other uh, was pregnant with our second child. So mm -hmm. when she came to uh, to to pass and review from boot camp, graduated boot camp, you know, of course mm -hmm. they came. She, came my mom and my you know my youngest daughter, and um, you know she she said, oh yeah you know I'm pregnant. I said okay cool congrats. So, anyway, so of course and they they live in in Vegas, so I was like I got to be close to I got to be close to my family of course Understood. right my kids yeah. right so. Um, the seven East Coast duty stations, out of the question. And so then that remained seven West Coast. Out of the seven West Coast, one of them was Japan and all the other ones were San Diego. And I'm like, well, boom, I'm not going to Japan. So that's off the list. So then, so now I'm left with six ships. I'm like, ships? What the hell? Where's this shore duty thing at? They're like, oh, yeah, not for that. Yeah, yeah, you're a recruiter, Lottie. Okay, it wasn't my recruiter. It was the, the damn classifier. He told me that you know I can get shore duty. They're like, well, nope, no, this you're in the operational. Uh, you know, you well, you know, your your rate does both. So I so, said, all right, I said, all right, whatever. So six ships, and all of them were were really uh, you know ranging from the small to to large uh, platforms, right? Mm -hmm. So now at that point, I'm like, okay, I, I have no idea what uh, you know which ship to pick they're all in san diego so that's good san diego is not far from las vegas so you know it's in california you know uh less than two hours away from, from la and about you know uh, four and a half um, maybe five hours at the most to vegas so you know it's close right so san diego no big deal all right then and i already knew that kind of going into like okay you know you know, once you get to decide where, where you want to be stationed at, you know, choose San Diego because that's going to be the closest thing to where your family is. And I said, all right, cool. So um, so then they, there was this chart that was just outside of, of our classroom. And it had the descriptions of all the different platforms, DDG, CG, uh, uh, Carrier, um, LHA, LHD, um, and uh, LSD, right? And then some other ones, right? So I'm comparing the the, the ships, uh, the list of ships that, um, that that was provided to us, which is a six, and then I'm looking at the, the the platform. So the way I based my decision was, I was looking at the the platforms and I was looking, okay, how many people are on those ships, and the and I didn't want to go to a, a, a real big ship for, for whatever reason. I I don't know why. In my head, I, I told myself, well, I don't want to go to a big ship with a lot of people. I want to go to something not too small, yeah. but kind of like in between, right? So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I said, okay, okay. Uh, LSD class ship has approximately 350 to 400 people. And I said, okay, that's the ship for me. So that's how I ended up with the, the USS um, Anchorage, right? Which everyone's like, oh my God, you're going to Alaska. I said, no, no, no. It's just, that's just the name <laughs> of the ship. Uh, I said, so uh, I'll be going to the, uh, 
to the USS Anchorage um, LSD Class 36, uh, which was uh, based out of San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that, so that's how I chose my uh, uh, my first duty station. All right. So there's still a lot I didn't get to cover, but we have to start wrapping it up here. Okay. Sure. sure. Yeah. There's uh, yeah. There was a lot of good stuff that. You, we, you know that that's the beauty of this podcast. You know, we, 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 it, it, we, I always start with this idea of this is where it's going to go, and the moment we start talking, it just goes organically somewhere beautiful and like yeah, if that's where it's going to go. That's where it's going to go. So we'll definitely arrange a part two to cover fatherhood in the military. You know, definitely, being a definitely. husband. I would really, really love that. to provide that information. We have we have to end with two questions so okay. and they, they, they're, they're going to be on the fun side of things so okay. you are Ibadan, Inglewood and Las Vegas let me I will throw San Diego in there so those four cities so out of those four cities where does your favorite cuisine come from out of the four cities yes my favorite cuisine uh, so uh, Ibadan, well, I, I, I still eat Nigerian food, a lot of it. it, it well, I would mean, not say a lot of it, but I, 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 I try to eat as much as, as I can. Um, so, um, so of course, you know, uh, I'm mean, obviously I don't, I don't have any recollection of what I ate in Ibadan, but I know I, obviously I ate, you know, uh, Yoruba food, right? Uh, you know, a buy, you know, a goosey, a one off, you know, things of that sort, right? Um, Vegas, uh, I wouldn't really say. I had some some places, but um, if I had to choose, I, I guess I would I would go with with here in San Diego, and which is this place called Ray de Gatos. It's a all you can eat Brazilian steakhouse. Oh, that sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, so very similar to uh, Texas de Brazil. Have you heard that place? Oh before? yes, yes, I've, I've been there. Yeah. There was one in Bahrain. Yes, there was. Um, so, Rey de Gatos is probably my my favorite place to eat because of you know it's it's uh, an all you can eat buffet, but of you know very high quality. Yeah. Um, a premium type of meat and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, by by nature, I'm I'm a carnivore, right? So, um, but then also there's um, there's uh, a couple of uh, Nigerian restaurants here, and then most recently I found a a young lady who who cooks from home, and she 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 can she can throw down. So, um, so yeah, I, I'd have to say you know just. You know, I guess based off of cuisine, um, since I've I've spent a, a great amount of my time here in San Diego, we're talking uh, 16, 17 years I've been in San Diego. Um, you know, those, you know, those are the, I'd, I'd probably say here, San Diego. All right. So the rest of the questions, I'll save it for part two when we 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 okay. dive deeper into the rest of uh, your time um 
But I appreciate you coming yes, on man. the podcast. Uh, you've, you've done a lot for me today. And we'll be in touch as always. But the final question is, what would you like to leave the audience with today? It could be a word of advice. could be a favorite quote of yours. It could be something from a book you've read or a song. Um, or even the cadence that you did. You know, it could be a line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, so for me, there's there's a lot of contentious issues that are that are going on here in our country, and and you know social media gets to be um, gets it can be nasty, right? Yeah. You know you're you basically uh, you know talking to people that you know you know you don't you you don't know, right? And Sometimes the you know what's being said is 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 coming from passion, um, coming from hatred, coming from uh, you know, just you know whatever emotion or experience that you might have uh, came across, and you know we can you know it can it can get really really uh, it can, it can get really nasty, you know at times right. And you know, and, and it seems like there's a lot more out there than than than, than needs to be. Um, so I was watching this this one program, which was called uh, you know Your Honor. It was a Netflix uh, ten episode Netflix um, about a uh, a judge in in uh, Louisiana who is is faced with compromising his integrity. And I'll, and I'll leave that that in case you know there's audiences that you know they want to watch it you know so okay. so anyway there was there was a there was a part in 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 the in the movie in the in the uh, in one of the episodes where uh, one of the fathers was talking to his son and he he said um, uh, use he says use judgment over impulse right and that that stuck out to me right because as as a as a as a father and having kids and, and or mentor or big brother or whatever right um, you know you know we we are we are in charge of of teaching you know either our kids or our friends or our just just or anyone right and I thought that was pretty profound for a father to to tell his son that hey you know judgment over impulse because if you're not sitting back and and thinking about what you're gonna do or what you're gonna say before you you do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it could come off, you know, in in a very it could come off in in a manner which is is not um is not the best, right? Yeah. So obviously we all know having an impulsive behavior is not it's not a good thing, right? So so when he said that I was you know I was like, you know that's that's good. It was it was you know just a few words. But for me, it was very it, profound. It, it got the message out there. Yeah. It got the message to me. It was very clear, like you know, what he was trying to tell his son. Like, hey, you know, we we need to, you know, uh, to to think, you know, before we do things, and don't react off of impulses. So, um, so to add to that, you know, judgment um, over impulse, uh, uh, be proactive rather than reactive. Um, and you know, and and you know, it's okay to be passionate, um, but you know, let's deal with facts and not emotions. So, 
Um, right. So I, I try to live my my you know my life you know based off of you know at least some of those those uh those those things those qualities and uh, hopefully you know everyone else can as well too. All right, I knew you would come up with beautiful stuff and appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you always. Do you have anything you would like to plug in as we wrap up? Uh no. Hey, you know I'm uh again. It, sorry it took me so long to uh, uh finally uh you know accept this this offer. Um, oh no, no, that's uh, <laughs> real quick. One of the one of the things you and you were doing something that I I, I when I when I when you first, when you told me that you were doing this, I said, man, is that's not the perfect thing for you. So I know we didn't get to touch too much about how we met, but um, you know, of course, we did meet at that that uh, that brunch, right? We'll, that, we'll, we'll do it in the part two. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, but one thing that I I'm like, man, this guy likes to talk. <laughs> And, and, but not not only do you like to talk, you had this range of information, right? You you your your range of knowledge on so many things is so in depth, and I can see how you 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 could dive into something, and and you could just continue to just talk about this, you know, whatever it is that we were talking about, you know, politics, religion uh you know just just whatever and and out and and uh, I'm, I'm telling you i was truly impressed with that so to find out that you know you you were doing something like this i'm like hey man you you're doing what you i think you're doing what you're you're called to do so because yeah. i know that you you truly enjoy um, um talking sharing ideas so um I'm, I'm glad that you got this up and running and uh you know best best wishes for you you know moving forward all right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Yes, All right. Thank you, everyone who joined us. And we hope to see you at the next episode. And do not worry. There will definitely be a part two with Kennedy James. And to everyone else, keep sharing and subscribing and keep the love coming in. And thank you for the privilege of your company. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoy the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.